Hello, hello. This is Sunny for Always Sunny. And welcome to my first episode. This is wild. This is crazy. Uh, this has been a long time coming. I've been thinking about doing a podcast for a few years now, and here I am. And with me today is my wife. Hey, guys. That's Susie Vega. That's Mrs. Vega. That's Mrs. Always Sunny. Did you just fart? <laughs> no, it was my podcast. <laughs> Oh, yeah, blame it on the couch. Y'all see what I've married? This is my life. <laughs> that was ridiculous. It sounded like a fart. I know. It's, okay. Yeah, see? It wasn't my ass. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so the guest on my first episode is Alex Witten, longtime friend. We've, I say we, well, Susie, yeah, you you know yeah. you know Alex. I, I do Remember know Alex. Alex? I, I think I do. Yeah. Uh, Alex is a great friend of mine. I was so excited to have him as a guest on the show. For those of you who don't know, he took he took my job. <laughs> <laughs> he took it right out from under Took you. our germs! <laughs> no, he, uh, after I decided to leave my position and close your eyes, Alex took over. And it was just a natural replacement. I mean, you remember, like, Alex has been with us since the yeah. beginning, touring with us and, and um he was there when we wrote a lot of the music and so it was just kind of like a natural a natural step in for him to replace me you know yeah, he was the perfect fit he was the perfect fit yeah and it just the stars aligned and i felt really happy that he of all people was there to replace me cuz it, it it there was no step to be missed you know there wasn't some new guy awkwardness getting to know somebody and he was also, already part of the group it also didn't like you know put the band in a position where they just had to hang out for a while to find a to new find basis. a new basis like he it was just boom we talked there, about let's yeah keep rolling and we talked about like um my last show in san antonio i didn't want to i we were in san antonio we were so close to abilene our home i didn't feel like doing the rest of the tour there's like three days left and i was mm-hmm. like kind of over it so i gave him my base uh that day and he did the rest of the tour for me, and I came home to hang out with you. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so selfish. Thanks, Alex. Uh, I do want to mention that we were watching movies. Uh, we watched Goodfellas. We were watching Goodfellas in the interview while we were in here. Of course we did. Yeah, you know, one of our favorite movies. That was on in the background, and you'll you, you'll hear me reference it. There's actually a, a point, I think. The, uh, the Goodfellas DVD, because I had the VHS DVD player combo. Of course. Of course. How else will we watch I, all our VHS tapes? I, I still have tons of VHS tapes. Tons. Like, guys, he's holding on to VHS tapes that he hasn't touched in like 10 years, but they're still in our house <laughs> like, in a box because he literally cannot throw them away or I, donate them. He can't get rid of them. He's a hoarder, a VHS tape hoarder. I still have Ninja Turtle VHS tapes from Burger King, like in the early 90s yeah, and late like, 80s. You're never going to watch that again. I might. No, you won't. I put on that, you uh, haven't for that Nickelodeon uh, VHS. Yeah, the, the, rug the only reason you did that was because you thought Ella was going to hang out in here while you worked. And even <sighs> she didn't give a crap about the old Nickelodeon VHS tape. She, she will when she out gets pretty older. Quickly. They may be worth something when she gets older. Yeah, okay, guy. <laughs> That's what you say about literally everything. Uh, I also want to bring up the fact that it had been a while since Alex and I were were able to hang out. Like he got married 
a couple months ago, we all, you know, a bunch of us came into town. We got to hang out with him a little bit at the wedding. But, you know, he was busy yeah, dancing he, and, he was and a, having the time know, of his life. You know, I'm not going to... Him and his wife were the main attraction. Exactly. So I wasn't going to call him over time. to, like, come do a keg stand <laughs> with me at his wedding, you know, or whatever. Hey, man, I know you're with all your family and friends, <laughs> but I need you to come over here and just hang out with I me. I need attention, Alex, okay? It's not just your wedding. It's our wedding. It felt so good to just sit down with him and... You know, just let loose. We had a couple beers. (laughs) Well, and I can say, you know, obviously, guys, I've listened to the episode. I'm sorry I heard it before you. Um, But you you can really hear, like, the friendship and the fun that you guys are having, just, like, bullshitting with each other and drinking. Yeah. I enjoyed. Well, you know, I I wanted to go into it kind of like, hey, Alex, here's some questions. And I, and I think I did try. But by this point, we were just having so much fun. Like yeah, I kind I of mean, threw the questions out the you're window. Just we're just up catching up and talking about like old memories, fun, and shit. random times. It's hard to keep up with questioning. And that interview actually, we got like three and a half hours worth of content. Yeah, we were just out here drinking, watching Goodfellas, and just doing it like we used to. You know, like now, uh, you know, he's got a career. I got my career. He's got a wife and kid. I got a wife and kid. It's very difficult for us to like just get together like we used to. And so when we did, it was all love, all hangs, uh, tons of stories. I mean, the stories he and I could tell. And so it was kind of hard to edit all that emotion and just good times and stories. Because I also want other guests, future guests that, you know, some of them we were talking about to have a chance to tell their stories too. You know, I don't want us to spoil everything, you know. So it was cool. And, you know, we talked about a lot of bands that we toured with and and friends that we made, like uh, LTA we mentioned, uh, Lower Than Atlantis. They're from England. I miss those dudes. Those dudes are hilarious. Uh, Dudes from Terror, you know, uh, TUI. Now I'm just name dropping. Yeah, look at you. You should be ashamed of yourself. God. I'm so cool. Just name dropping. But yeah, you know, I get excited. We talk about our friends too here and how we lived at uh, the house. The house that we had. Softcore house. Softcore, yeah. Softcore house. A bunch of us lived together and Alex was there too. We all hung out together, you know. Half of us are like straight edge. The other half drank, which is cool because I always had a ride. Well, anyways, I'm excited for this. I hope y'all are excited for this. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in. How about you just let these guys listen to the, your first episode? Okay, we'll do that. Let's 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 go. Here we go. We're gonna All we're right, gonna listen it's to time. it. I called it the Mick Touring Musician Meal. It was <laughs> a Mick Double. A McChicken, a small fry, and a water, but you just used, you filled it with Coke. You filled anyways. it with whatever yeah, you wanted. Like, fuck it. They didn't care. You remember Burger Punch? Yes. Oh, fuck. I was telling that, that story the other day. Uh, what's his face? John from A Plea for Purging. Uh-huh. And he, we like taught A Plea for Purging the Burger Punch thing because they played here fucking 20 times, I yeah. think, in their career. Mm-hmm. And after we had like got to know him, we went to Whataburger and uh i told john to go burger punch philip and for people listening anybody that's ever toured through abilene knows philip because he's always there and he's always going to eat but everybody eight foot tall just the most lovable dude sounds like ben stein he sounds like uh brian posein yes (laughs) (laughs) and john from a plea for purging is this fucking six five always sweaty hairy from head to toe 
disgusting and had just got done playing a show. So we explained the burger punch game, which there's not a lot to explain because you literally just you punch. Just, you want to ruin someone's life? Like, <laughs> well, this you game punch is for their you. burger. So John got up like he was going to go get another drink because Philip was at the table behind him and like standing up, not like a sideways burger punch. He's like completely vertical, like brick breaking. Yes. And punches the shit out of Philip's burger so hard that it split the burger in half. Meat went flying across whatever. We thought we cleaned it all up. And when we went to leave like an hour later, there's a piece of meat over by the front door. (laughs) Which was like, it's like three or four tables away. Oh my God. He punched it so hard that meat flew out of the side of the burger uh, completely across the restaurant <laughs> and it was one of the best burger punches I've ever seen in my life. I forgot who I forgot who taught me burger punch. I just remember thinking like signs of hope. Was, was it? it signs of hope? I think I, it was maybe a signs it was. of hope thing. Yeah, I think so cuz yeah, cuz you had to put a fry on the burger for it to yeah. be <laughs> like if you had a fry on the burger, it was safe. Yeah. Signs of hope also taught us about the sampler. Do you remember the sampler where you would Basically, no. you're so broke on tour that you go to restaurants knowing you don't have any money. You, you can't buy anything. So when they ask for your order, you just order the sampler and kind of wink at them. What the fuck are you talking about? We don't have a sampler on the menu. And you're like, no, the sampler essentially is whatever's lying around in the kitchen. Like messed up orders, overcooked, undercooked, anything that's back there that's not going to another table. And they'll do it. And I don't remember no who it was shit. from Signs of Hope because they're literally different members every time. It, it was we... probably Paul, dude. Paul just he had he had the most money saving. It's also easy ever. to say Paul because he was the only one that was consistently in the band. So it may have been Burger. It may have been Zach. But anyway, we would go to restaurants. That's so funny because now he's like chef now yeah so like, yeah. he was begging for food at one point <laughs> but see those are the guys that are like like it's funny because if you can't cook you're way more picky about your food <laughs> like my friend tony went to culinary school you know tony incredible yeah. chef like for my bachelor party he was like yeah i'm just gonna whip something together he brings over these steaks he's cooking steaks he made like a whole 9 by 13 pan of potatoes al gratin. He had like bacon wrapped asparagus. Like, oh, I'm just going to whip something together. That's the kind of cook that he is. Dude, when I whip something together, it's like Captain Crunch and, and Trick cereal. That's me. Yeah, and ketchup's involved somehow <laughs> or another. One of Tony's favorite things ever are frozen steak fingers. Like... And hot dogs. Like, Tony and I bond over hot dogs. <laughs> dude, I love a good hot dog. I love a hot dog. Nathan's? Dude. Oh, dude. Remember when we had a Nathan's here? Yes. At Kmart. I yep. used to just walk into Kmart <laughs> just to eat Nathan's. You go to Nathan's and then you run to the mall to yeah. go to Corn Dog Heaven or whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> I remember going, like, I'd get off of work and I'd pick up Susie. I'd be like, come on, get the baby ready. I'm going to take you out. She's like, okay. And I drove to Kmart. And we ate Nathan's, and she was totally fine. Like, she wasn't mad. Like, she was, like, right on. I love their barbecue sauce. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good, right? And that's when I knew. That's when I knew, yeah. <laughs> it took me 12 years. That's when I knew. 
and so we went to Nathan's. You know, I was like, yeah, get a hot dog, buy some fucking underwear, and, you know, go home. It's a Wednesday get a night. Fucking get a fucking hot dog. Get a hot dog. Fucking, uh, what's his name from LTA? That's that's his yeah. American accent. Yeah, hot <laughs> dog. Uh, like, hey, Eddie. Eddie. Eddie, yeah. Hey, like, Eddie, what's your American accent? Uh, you want a hot dog? <laughs> That's it. The fattest thing I've ever done was with you when we were going oh. to pick up Bobby and we went to McDonald's God. and I got <laughs> I got the wrong order and I ate what we had inside and I still wanted what I actually <laughs> ordered so we got in the car and went to the drive and pulled through the fucking drive just got done eating and what they gave me inside was more than what I ordered and I ate that Got in the car to go to the airport, and I said, fuck it, man. I got to go through the drive <laughs> <laughs> Got another order and ate it on the way to the airport. Dude. Sometimes, man. Sometimes McDonald's just hits, man. Sometimes. It's embarrassing to admit it, too. Like, because there's this whole new... I say new. It's not like, oh, it's new school to hate McDonald's. No, not at all. Like, people are like, ooh, it's so bad for you, and it's terrible food. They even, like, had that thing where, like, that McDonald's burger that lasted 12 years or whatever... Fuck you, I'm gonna get a fucking fat shit sandwich. Like, whatever. I love it. That's another thing Tony and I talk about because I'm, like, the biggest McDonald's advocate. No shame. Like, people are like, oh, it's so bad. It's fucking gross. I'm like, yeah, that's why there's one on every corner. Yeah, one billion every daily. Yeah. <laughs> across the fucking world. When we were in Europe, that was my saving grace. Like, it was like that in the States, even. We used to joke about the arches. Like, yeah. you see that sign and you <laughs> it's know. Home. <laughs> it's home. When so you're on tour, arches are home. Europe, where fast food isn't really much of a thing. Like, it's there, but it's not like it is here. There's mm. not like an exit with everything you could ever want to eat on the interstate. Right. The stops are so much further apart. And you get one big gas station that probably has a McDonald's. And that's about it. Mm -hmm. And then just gas station. Yeah. It was also one of the only places I could get full. And I never eat Big Macs here, but it was the biggest thing on the menu in Europe. (laughs) So I just fucking ate Big Macs. I can't eat Big Macs. I make a mess every time. Oh, yeah. I cry. The lettuce goes fucking everywhere. everywhere. Whatever that sauce is gets all over my fucking fingers. Like, everywhere. I can't eat it. I don't know how to eat a Big Mac. Like, if somebody could teach me, that'd be great. Because I enjoy them. I used to know how to eat them. I had a kid that I grew up with playing tennis, and he used to always joke. I think he was joking. He may not have been. But he would always say, you know, I always think about it, and there's just nothing that I'm bad at. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? He's like, no, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not good at everything. But there's nothing that I'm just bad at. And so I think eating nice. Big Macs would be your one thing. Yeah, you're just like no, bad I'm ass. not. Do not watch me eat this fucking. Fr- Turn around. Turn around. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I don't. I don't know how to eat it. Like I, I can't fucking eat a Big Mac. It's like me eating is gross like, enough as it is. I'm cleaner eating <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings than eating a Big Mac. <laughs> don't get me started on wing sauce oh, on man. a Big Mac. No shit, really? No, That's new but... to me. Oh, I was like, whoa. It's new to me you too, but it sounds happened. fucking incredible. I think I know what we're doing after this. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fucking great, dude. Yeah, Arches, to me, like, I mean, how many times did we eat McDonald's, like, on, on tour? Just fucking, it was home. You, you could afford it. 
nine out of ten of the times, you know, a like, lot of time, like most of the time, it was a daily thing. Yeah, and at then, least once a day, you'd stop. At if McDonald's. you're Jordan or Sam, you just pulled it out of the petty cash. <laughs> you want to make double? Petty okay, cash. okay, that story's got to be told. So, <laughs> in the close your eyes vehicle, whatever it was at the time, van, Sprinter, suburban, doesn't matter. Brett always kept an abnormally large jar of change Mm -hmm. under the driver's seat because he always drove and most of it was supposed to be used for toll roads (laughs) so when jordan and sam joined the band they weren't familiar with the toll road jar and for i don't know how long it was before he found out but they would take money out of this jar and go, that's what they lived off of on the road. <laughs> they just treated it like it was the per diem jar. <laughs> so when Brett found out and asked him about it, Sam said, oh, mate, I thought that was petty cash. <laughs> so, of course, it didn't stop there. No, it just became it funnier. Just, so they kept doing it. Mate, oh, I need to make something. double. Don't worry, mate. I'll get you. I'll get it out of petty cash. If I don't eat a fucking burger, I'm gonna pass out on stage tonight. Is that what you want? <laughs> oh my god, those dude, dudes. the fucking petty cash, and it turned into any food he had. It was petty snacks. <laughs> like it didn't matter what he had. It was petty whatever. <laughs> if it belonged to Brett. It, it was community. Just community. Fair game. Petty hats. Petty hats. <laughs> petty shirts. <laughs> petty merch. <laughs> everything oh god that's another thing about jordan and sam they like there are certain bands that wear their own merch because it's like it's a thing to do (laughs) yeah it's it's like tough to do like terror is allowed to wear their own merch yeah they're tough enough to do terror it's fine what are you gonna do like jerseys or terror merch fine close your eyes wasn't really one of those bands Nah. but jordan and sam didn't want to buy clothes so Jordan would literally take shirts out of the merch bags, and after the set, he would just throw them away because he didn't want to do laundry. <laughs> so he would get them all sweaty and gross, and he'd just God. throw it away. I think that first tour with Jordan, he every time we went to a Walmart, he'd just buy a new like Hanes, Hanes, Hanes undershirt. Yeah, just like a six pack every time. It was like good for yep. the next six shows. Yeah, yeah, and he would throw it away after every show. God, those guys, those if those dudes could save money, man. Like. They fucking hustle. Did I ever tell you about the... I have had to tell you about that. Uh, the the movie theater thing? Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we were on tour forever ago with a band called The Overseer. And Brad, the bassist, I love him. So we go to a movie. It's an off day. I think we... <laughs> Brett called ahead. We got free Chipotle. Eh, we're in a Christian touring band. Free Chipotle. Jesus. I feel bad about so, that now. Not at the time. I don't. I don't feel bad. Fucking fuck them! Fuck them! They gave us free. They deserve to pay. If you can get got, then you deserve to get got. All right, fuck them. And so, is like I said, off day. We we ate we ate Chipotle. We're like, oh, let's go to a movie. And so we're all paying like a bunch of fucking suckers. And Brad's all like, y'all are stupid. Like, check this out. And he, I'm not kidding. It worked. Everything I'm about to tell you is a completely true story. He walks up and says, hey, I think I left my phone inside. Yeah, go ahead. What's that kid carry? He's like 17, 15. He's on a work permit. Like, get the fucking, I don't care. Get in there. Yeah, sure, whatever. Open the door. He goes to the trash can, pulls out a large bucket of popcorn and a large thing of Coke. Pulls it out and walks up to the counter. He says, can I get some refills, please? 
Sure, what are we drinking? Coke, blah, blah. Yeah, extra butter on that popcorn. And he just walks in with the rest of us. I fucking paid $30 for a popcorn <laughs> and Coke and 20 for the goddamn ticket. This dude did everything free. And I was like, you are now officially my hero. Like, this is the coolest shit ever. But I never had the balls to do it. Flash forward a few years. Sam and Jordan, they get mad if we go eat at Buffalo Wild Wings. They're like, you can't even fucking breathe in that place without spending $20, Mike. And Jordan's like, yeah, dude, fuck that, dude. I don't want to fucking do wrong. it. He's not wrong. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Jordan, I was like, no, man. I want to eat no fucking wings, man. <laughs> so we go to the movie theater. And I tell Jordan and Sam, I'm like, dude, Brad did this. Got in free, got the popcorn and everything. And the wheels are turning. You see them like look at each other like, this is, this is going to go down. Like, we're going to fucking do it. First thing works. Left, hey, I think we left my phone in here. Can we go check it out? Like, yeah, cool. Fast forward, I can see, it's like a cartoon. Like, half of... Half of Jordan bodies in the trash can with his legs kicking <laughs> while Sam's on the lookout, like looking around, pulling out a large bucket of popcorn and used large bucket of popcorn and coke. I've already paid for my shit. I'm just watching. I'm like, I hope this works. They get in line and once they get to the front, they're like, can I get a free refill or a refill, whatever? And the lady's like, uh, sorry, because her manager calls her over. Says something, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Comes back, says... I'm sorry. My manager said she saw y'all digging in the trash for that popcorn bucket and it got... What a fucking embarrassing thing Dude, to Dude, there's like <laughs> 10 people in line behind them and right next to them and on, the, on both sides. And I can't... Like, dude, I'm losing my shit in the distance. I'm like, oh my god, this is not happening. <laughs> and Sam just instantly is like, uh, well, uh, uh... And Jordan does his like, you know, moves his nose, and then and then fucking bouncing, <laughs> bouncing, lifts his nose, puts his hand on the counter, leans, and he's like, uh, "Pretty tight ship, y'all, right here." Then <laughs> <laughs> walks off. They just leave it, and the lady grabs the shit, throws it in the trash behind her, and helps the next valuable member of society. <laughs> I could do an entire podcast. On Jordan Hatfield's life. Yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. A week ago, I was telling the story about him getting fired from Jimmy John's. Do you remember that? Yes. You tell it. You tell this it. This dude. So Jordan. Jordan's just an interesting dude. That's the easiest way to say it. But got a degree. Like, he's not a dumb person. But he just doesn't always think everything through. So he gets a job at Jimmy John's. And they put him on register first day. And, like, keep in mind, he lives in Houston. So every place ever is packed all the time. And so no training. Jordan gets thrown on the register. Lunch rush hits. They asked him when he got there, hey, do you know how to run, like, a register credit card machine? And the way he tells it, his thought process was, I've, oh, like, I got a college degree like how hard could it be <laughs> sure i can figure out anything. I, I can figure this out so he's of course like yeah man i i got it i do that all the god, time you got it down dude you sound just like him. <laughs> so <laughs> through the lunch rush he's swiping cards and they're not registering like they're not connecting to the the pos system or whatever mm-hmm. but he's just pretending like they are and giving people their cards back he never asked for help 
through an entire lunch rush, he's giving out free sandwiches. <laughs> anybody that paid with the card he just swiped it and have a nice day man uh, you're all set <laughs> so at the end of the day they're like reconciling from the shift and the manager calls him over and it's like jordan we're short like twenty five hundred dollars <laughs> and he was like yeah man i couldn't figure out how to get the credit card machine to work and he's like are you fucking kidding me like you didn't ask for help he's like oh, i was lunch rush man it was busy he goes, you know you're fired, right? And he goes, yeah, man. <laughs> just, just leaves. So fucking dude Jordan, gave dude. gave away $2,500 in Jimmy John sandwiches. <laughs> you know you're fired, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> fucking Jordan, dude. Oh, man. For it, days, I could tell those stories. I love that, and I can't wait. I'll be honest. I can't. I got him. He's coming on the show. Oh, I knew I that was. Fucking, I'm surprised yeah, he I, wasn't the first guest. I'm so excited, dude. I'm so excited to get that motherfucker on that couch. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna tell all the stories because he needs. To, he's he's got he to tell too. But one, like my probably my favorite one was on Warp Tour. We went. We found an Applebee's on an off day, which half price apps were like a huge thing on tour. At that point, because you had a little bit of money, but you couldn't get like regular menu Applebee's, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not and the elite so, menu. <laughs> so we're all excited, like, off day. You don't have many off days on that tour, so we go to Applebee's, order all of our appetizers. Everybody's having a big time, laughing. Tickets come. <laughs> Jordan's bill's like $65. <laughs> the fuck is this man why is my bill so high so the waitress comes back and he's like uh excuse me miss i think there's a mistake here it's half price appetizer night <laughs> and she said yeah um there's a like a separate half price apps menu you ordered off the regular menu <laughs> he ordered like six full price appetizers we all spent like 12 dollars on our meal jordan spent 65 bucks I go outside and he's in his fucking crouch down smoking he position, is... smoking a cigarette, pissed off. And I was like, hey Jordan, uh, I'm still kind of hungry, can I borrow a few bucks for a McDouble? And he goes, that's pretty funny, man. <laughs> you could tell, he was so, I was like, all the money he had, he spent it on... Busted ass half price appetizers that weren't even half price. The whole meal, he's having so much fun. It's like a this best <laughs> meal of the tour. Gets his ticket, sixty five dollars. Like, what the fuck? Oh my god, dude! Only Jordan. <laughs> Just a classic Jordan, dude. Yeah, honestly, it's classic. Jordan. That shit only happened to him. Like we all had our bad luck, but. Sorry, one more, one more warp tour story. I forgot. Oh, about I, I hope this is the story that I'm thinking of about the Bud Lights and yes. <laughs> okay, so on warp tour, you go to production first thing every morning. They give you like a case of waters, a case of beer, um, just like your stuff for the day. So I didn't drink at the time. Brett didn't drink because he's allergic to carbonation. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, who else was on that tour? Kaz. 
Kaz was there. So there was only a couple of them that would drink the beer. So, of yeah. course, Jordan would wake up early on purpose to go to production, get the beer, and shove as many as he could into his backpack. <laughs> like, nobody else gets these. He would shove ten Bud Lights in his backpack and then leave the other two for whoever else wants them. And every day, he would forget that he had all this beer in his backpack because it was full all the time anyway. So several times, you know, it would get hit or bumped or whatever, and a beer would bust open in his backpack. And I was like, Jordan, stop fucking doing things with your backpack that are going to bust these beer cans open. And that, like, you'll be fine. Just remember, I have 10 Bud Lights in my backpack. He's like, yeah, man, I got it. I got it. No more. No more. So same day, I'm behind the stage changing my strings, and it's just me. And Jordan comes walking around the corner bouncing like he does, and he's got his backpack in his hand. And he goes, oh, what's up, man? And tosses his backpack, and it lands, and all you hear is... <laughs> <laughs> he goes... God damn it. <laughs> I lost my shit. I had just told him two hours before, quit throwing oh your backpack. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. He was so mad. Oh, shit. Super shot crew, man. Super SSC, shot. dude. Yeah, my uh, application's still being processed from... <laughs> Eight years ago, <laughs> and and what's funny is we well, we just hung out recently because of the wedding. Right. You just recently got married in October, so Jordan <laughs> Jordan didn't fly. He took a Greyhound and hated it. Like so, oh no, I think he took a Megabus. This is even yeah, Megabus. <laughs> and we picked him up, and like so, he and I talked about it. Like we would believe it or not, like Jordan and I would bump heads once in a while. Not oh, like did too. just just dumb shit. But I mean, you're always going to like. It's all a lot funnier now. Yeah, looking back at stuff, oh, it's fucking great. Even the shit I used to get mad about, I I tell Susie and I'm laughing. Uh, what it was at that time, you know, I took everything so seriously. Right. So, and Jordan did it, which was well, he took it serious enough at times. But <laughs> he took his drum kit seriously, and that yeah. was about as far as that. Uh, went. But I was so wrapped up in my own little world of trying to, you know, do. But see, we the thing close your eyes does or whatever. You and I were around at a time when everybody was still trying to get to that level. Yeah. So everything was very serious. Yeah. Everything like it wasn't a joke. It yeah. was a a job, and like they stepped in in the middle of all of it. And I don't, I don't fault them for it. I don't, yeah. I don't think there was anything wrong with it. They were probably doing it the way we should have. And it was really funny looking back on it. But like this thing that we were around from inception was now kind of a big joke. And yeah. it's kind of irritating at times. But now I look back and I'm like, fuck, man. Like these dudes were so much fun yeah. to hear. Like I, I wish I would have appreciated the time I had with him more, and that's the thing, man. When I get when I get um, asked that, like, well, what do you miss most about being in the band? Like, honestly, just hanging out with my boys, man. Like, I miss talking with people and meeting, you know, fans and supporters. And 
a couple of years ago, I probably would have said, oh, I love being on stage in front of all those people, you know, or whatever. And they were there to see us. But really, man, I think about just the dumbest shit, like Sam opening the van door and falling out while we were driving, like in the Walmart <laughs> parking lot, like while the toothbrush was in his mouth. God, uh, was just... always fucking brushing his teeth while the van was moving. <laughs> like just shit like that, man. Um, you know, I look back at those times. Uh, the video, I'll have to post this video. When I was trying to teach Andrew not to be ticklish. Oh, shit. God. That pops up on my memories <laughs> so much. I fucking love it, man. That was 10 years ago. Oh, so long ago, dude. I'm going to take a piss. Yeah, Let's I need to do the same thing. Why did that stop? The movie was not over at all. I almost had kicking and screaming playing. Dude. You want it? I watched it the other day. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> that movie's so good. Lauren had never seen it. Really? I was like, this is the best. Well, I can see, like, it wasn't like it a was huge not, movie. It was not, but it's the best Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, absolutely. By far to me. I am with you thousand percent on that. And what's crazy is when it came out, I saw it in theaters and I did not think it was funny at all. Really? Like, Oh, dude, as soon as I saw it, I was in love with it. I don't know, something about it. I still quote that movie on a regular I basis. I'd like... I think I had to be more in the mood for it because I was expecting one thing and did not get yeah. that. Like, it was very different from what he was like famous for at the time. That yeah. and it wasn't marketed like it is. Yeah. It was marketed like as a kid's movie. And so I went into it. I mean, it's a it's a kid's movie. Yeah, I mean, because they're not like swearing It's anything, funny but... for adults yeah. because fucking Mike Ditka coaching us. <laughs> so great. Mike Ditka was so team. good in that movie, man. I'm not juice box boy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Come on, Bing Bong. <laughs> Let's go, Beyonce. Let's get that back end done. I'm not going to soccer practice with a dirty car. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. God, it's so... That movie and Sasquatch Gang. Oh, yeah. Underrated. Well, it, it pisses me off because there's only... Other than like our small group of friends that have seen it, there's maybe like two other people I've ever met that have that seen are, it. Yeah. And, and not e- they didn't even like appreciate it as much. I was like, yeah, I've seen it. It's okay. I'm like, no, it's fucking dude, great. Dude. There were three movies at the softcore house that got watched on repeat. <laughs> blood in, blood out. Blood in, blood out. Yep. Cheech and Chong, Up in Smoke. And... Uh, Sasquatch, Sasquatch game. Sasquatch game. Those. Oh, uh, there's another one. Oh fuck! It was just in my hot head. rod. Yeah, hot rod yeah, was we... watched a lot. <laughs> Actually, there's quite a few now that I think about it. So because it was all those, hot rod, um, rat race. We watched yeah, rat race a lot. Rat race was kind of a spell. Like it. It was short lived for a little bit. Yeah, there. We watched rat yeah, race I guess. a lot. The biggest one was Blood and Blood Out. That yeah. movie was on repeat all the time. All the time. At that <laughs> I love that movie. I was, I was so obsessed with that movie. I still love that movie. And yeah, of course, Stealing yeah. Harvard. Yes, there's that. Okay, so that's that, another one. That wasn't Softcore House as much as it was when we got the DVD player in the Suburban on tour. Yeah, that that's where Hot Rod really came from too. Hot Rod and Stealing Harvard were in the van on tour. Oh, what dude? That's gonna kill me. I can't think of the fucking movie. There is another one that we would watch and just quote all the time. Oh, it's gonna bother. It's gonna come to me. Like we're gonna talk and I'm old just gonna school? yell it. I mean, yeah, old school, of course. But no, there was one. I'm just trying to think of stuff we quote a lot. Gosh, uh, 
We, most it of our conversations are in movie quotes, so that's not a great approach I on know. my part. God, there's so many. Um, oh, there's old school right there. Yeah. Yeah, I have all the classics right there. All the classics. <laughs> all the classics. If you could see these movies, Goodfellas, Fear, Can't Hardly Wait, <laughs> The Sasquatch Gang, Old School, and Kicking and Screaming. It's the classics, man. The classics. Classic Sunny. We can we can continue. I, if I when I think about it, I'm gonna yell it. It's gonna it'll come to me. Look at you drinking fucking white claws. What? Has I'm a happened? sophisticated fuck now, dude. It's so <laughs> weird. So a few months ago, I don't remember what happened, but we had so recently Terror Stick to Your Guns counterparts all toured together. Uh huh. And I had like brought it up to Lauren, which Lauren did not grow up in the hardcore scene, like not familiar right. with any bands, like that was never part of her life. But I brought it up to her, and I was like, "This is kind of crazy. Like, I've toured with all these guys, and um, it'd be like a really fun show to go to." And didn't think it was possible. Got a kid now, like, and I'm not gonna try that hard yeah, to go. Don't push it. Yeah. I so. <laughs> something and i'm just not that interested anymore right but um well it's not it's not i don't think it's about interest because I've, I've had this conversation with my wife i'm still interested in the hardcore scene but i have different priorities now i'm not going to go out of my way anymore yeah. to go to shows like I mean, there got, was a time married. that monday through friday didn't matter work the next day didn't matter yeah. like i would Dallas, go and we we're coming three in the morning and go straight to work the next didn't morning. matter yeah. yeah fuck it um one day Lauren had like a really bad day. Just, I don't even remember what happened, but she was pissed off. She had just had the baby. So like, she was just not comfortable. Like none of her clothes fit. She was pissed off. She was like, this is fucking stupid. She was like, I need new clothes. I need this. I need this. I need this. And I was, she was like, we need to go to Dallas and we need to go shopping. And I said, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we could go tomorrow. And she was like, why (laughs) why was that that easy and i said well we can shop during the day get you some clothes and then maybe go to trees afterwards (laughs) see your terrors stick to your guns and counterparts she's never been to a hardcore show and so her first hardcore show was terror stick to your guns and counterparts she enjoyed it she had fun but after the show we're at out like at the back, like the smoking area yeah. and terrors loading out. And I stopped Martin. I was just like, Hey man, how's it going? And he was like, Oh shit. He was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I oh, snuck away for a day. Like we just had a baby. Oh, we start talking. And so what are you doing now? I was like telling him about my job and having kids and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And I was like, man, I, like, I don't know how you still do it. I was <laughs> like, you guys are on the road non-stop yeah they all the time they are a very tour heavy band like they tour and i was like you're like you're quite a bit older than i am i said i was like i like looked up to you yeah before i ever even started touring and then like we ended up doing a few tours together warped and like we ran into him in europe and he was like dude i don't fucking know how i do it either he was like i'm leaving here and going to europe with uh, who's the other band he plays with? Genghis Khan or whatever. Is it? Kubakon. I, I think he plays guitar. Does he play uh, Kubakon? I, I didn't he, know that. He plays in a couple other bands, I think, just temporarily. But he was like going to Europe with them, coming back. Terror's got another U.S. run. Then I go back to Europe with 
such and such band. Like he had like three or four tours. But in does a he row. have? I mean, and he's got a, like a job in L.A. and everything. Yeah, like he, I was gonna say. I know he did some stuff at Rebel Eight. He does like graphic design yeah. stuff and everything. But like, he was like, I'm literally gonna be home a total of about a week in the next four months. I was like, fuck, man. Yeah, like, man. I, there's no way I could do it. I just like, for so long, that's all that mattered. That's all I ever wanted to do. It did not, like nothing else mattered to me. Mm-hmm. And I realize now looking back, I was not fucking built for that life. Right. I, I You know, I tell people this, man. It's it's funny. Like I almost made that kind of like a premise of the show. So you want to be in a band? Let me tell you, you know. But it, it definitely takes a certain kind of personality for sure, and a person to do what we did. When you do it, you figure out pretty quickly whether it's meant for you or not. Mm-hmm. Shane figured it out that he was like, "Fuck this! It's not meant for me." And no. I love him for putting up with the life as much as he did, and I know he did it for us. Because he was over it. Uh, not a lot of people know this, but even when we were just still, you know, before we were assigned a local band, he was planning on leaving. And we were looking for a new vocalist. Um, he was going to leave with his girlfriend at the time. And then they ended up breaking up. And so he was like, well, fuck it. I'll stay That's close your eyes. That's the thing with Shane, and I don't want to speak for him, but his decisions about music were very much based emotionally Mm -hmm. on what was going on at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, before the victory showcase and everything even came about face down was talking to you guys Mm -hmm. and he was like, I love y'all and this is a cool opportunity, but like I'm about to propose and this is like, I need to finish my degree. He's in grad school at the time, had a great job and when that relationship ended, he essentially just said, fuck it, let's go. Fuck it. Like, I got nothing else going on. I may as well just stay let's in go. the band. I'm like, I'm 23 or whatever yeah. it was at the time. And he was like, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it now. Do it now. And then we stopped looking for uh, more vocalists. Well, then the victory, like, got the... Because y'all, y'all were going to sign with Face Down. Dude, it was... So we yeah, had like, Blood and Ink. there. We had Blood and Ink. We had... Um, we had a subsidiary of... Tooth and Nail. What is it? Solid State? Solid, Solid State, State Records. That Solid was the State first. Face Down were the top two. Yeah. So Face Down came along after Solid, after Solid State. State. So Solid State was the first one that really, they seriously yeah. threw down, you know, an offer. And then, uh, I think Blood and Ink was, was because of Venya. Remember that band? I fucking love Fuck that yeah. band, dude. They were yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh, they were on Blood and Ink, so Blood and Ink came to us. And then Face Down offered us. And face down, I mean face down at that time, dude. Holy shit! Like that was a big fucking deal. huge deal, dude. Because the victories and the epitaphs and the those labels were that was so unattainable. Yeah, like face down was as good as you were gonna get. Yeah, but even then, like face down was killing it, man. I they mean, they were. Look at, uh, I mean. In our eyes. In our eyes. When you look at the offer versus the victory offer, Face Down was a broke-ass label. (laughs) Yeah, but the thing is, okay, but yes, absolutely. But at that time, look at the bands. I mean, the bands were huge, yeah. For today. But business-wise, Face Down wasn't doing shit. They had cool bands. They had great bands. But a lot of, but what what the the appeal to me was the family, man. And Mm. it really was a family, dude. Oh, yeah. 
They were all like it was everybody. Let, I mean, take it plea, back, my epic. Yeah, plea for plea purging. For purging uh, uh, for today, um, there were tons. War of Ages. War of Ages uh, was a face down band. Um, uh, what's it called? The Looking Forward was a face down. Yeah, band. Looking Death Star. I think Death may Star have been was a face down. Yeah, band. I think. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, like, but they and then that. Uh, Seventh Star. Seventh Star. Call, call to Preserve. I loved Call to Preserve. I did too. They all left and went to bigger, bigger labels, labels. Which is when, again, it's all about perspective. Right. Like, I talk about anybody we toured with that are from, you know, the East Coast or California, bigger markets. I'm like, y'all gotta understand, like, we grew up in a different world than y'all did. Mm-hmm. We grew up in Abilene, Texas. There's nothing here. Right. Like, we had to create every single thing that happened we had to book our own shows we had to work our way up we had to you know prove that we could do anything and that's the thing man like it's not a story that's unheard of who doesn't make their own scene and book their own shows oh yeah but a scene like seattle or new york it's done for you it was done it was done 20 fucking years ago it's cool just to play in queens or bronx or brooklyn it's cool to play in Dallas at Trees or DFW. It's cool to play in Austin. Like, the work was done. But for a lot of kids in the smaller areas, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's what we're talking about. It's just... Abilene's a small fucking town. It's harder to get taken seriously. Absolutely. And not that we... We're not saying we created a scene here. There was punk bands coming through. No, it was before us. I remember Hudson Falcons came through. That was fucking great. Remember, uh, what we did was book the bands that we wanted to listen to. Yeah. Which at that time, a lot of it was face down bands, man. You know? Uh, And that's what I, and that's the whole point about perspective because you talk to people from bigger markets and face down was a small label. But to us, that was, that was the biggest ceiling that any of us were ever going to see. Absolutely. Yeah. And then victory calls and it was like. Oh, I remember that was weird. Shit. Andrew told me, he, like, we were at Harold's one day eating barbecue, and he was like, I gotta go to Chicago next week. And with fucking Andrew, like, you don't <laughs> know. You don't know if he's serious. Is he serious or not? And I was like, oh, yeah? Like, when are we leaving? And he was like, no, for real. I gotta go to Chicago next week. And I was like, for what? And he was like, ah, I got this thing up there that I've got to take care of. And I was like, <laughs> motherfucker. The fuck? <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? Like, you don't know anybody in Chicago. None of us know anybody in Chicago. And I have family in Chicago. Yeah, fuck off. You're from Michigan. <laughs> I'm from Michigan. Um, he eventually told me he was like, "We got a showcase with Victory." I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, dude. Are you for real? He was like, "Yeah, they're like paying for everything." So it, just, I don't know. Man. It was weird, right? Was, it was kind of surreal. Just weird. I remember when uh, I got the call and they were like, "Hey, we uh, Victory wants us to." to to go up there and they'll pay for everything. They just want to see us live. And I was just being like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I was like, shut up. Like, dude, you know, whatever. I'm trying to fucking get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. You're speaking fucking bullshit. I remember getting that call. And then, you know, once I realized like, oh shit, this is real. I remember putting the phone down and, uh, the first call I made was to Susie. And I was like, we got a victory off, like we we got a not an official offer yet, but they want to see us so much so that they are, are paying for I everything. Drive, cause yeah. Well, yeah, because we got to bring all our shit. They're gonna pay for our trip to go up there. They're paying for the hotel, everything, and to watch us play. And even Susie was like, "What you saying is bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. I mean, 
you know, Abilene, Texas. Like, what the fuck were we, dude? We started at Hardin Sims University, you know? And I remember Shane, even, I, it's like, before we even went to Victory, Shane was, he was like, I'm going to say no. And I remember talking with him, like, trying to be, you know, giving him a heart-to-heart. I was like, okay, so what's what's the beef here? Like, what's going on? And he wanted to be with Faceon. He felt he wanted to be with Faceon. You know, like, like we said, Shane was driven emotionally. And emotionally, like, he was connected to Faceon. And I love Faceon, too, man. Every You never went to a show without seeing a face, one of those badass oh, Faceon yeah. jerseys. Yeah. Oh, God, those are sick, dude. And, you know, all the fucking, like, all of the bands that we loved were Face Down bands. Like, just Face Down was killing at that time. And in general, for some reason, Christian hardcore music was killing it at that time. It was, yeah. It, it really was. Very niche. Under Oath, Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I could go on and on. But, like, they, it was coming up. And I guess we fit in that niche at that point. But, like I said, once we got that victory thing, I was like, for us, it was so serious. Like, dude, they could... They could really do well for us. They could do more. Dude, I remember sitting down at practice to try and decide. You had three songs. And I didn't even get to go to Chicago. But, like, yeah. I was obviously at practice yeah. all the time. And I remember sitting down and, like, fuck, man, what three songs? That's it. We, like, we got to put our best foot forward. And I think it ended up being... Okay, so Song for the Broken was definitely one of them. Something Needs to Change. Something Needs to Change. And I think Life, though? It was something dumb. Like it was an old. It was from our old EP. Friends didn't even make the cut, which was weird. Yeah, I think you're right. Forever, like shifted. Close your eyes. That song changed changed the direction. The direction of the band. But what's funny is it's a really simple song. Like it's musically, it's not that difficult. It changed the direction. Close your eyes was a under oathy, under oathy metalcore rock. Christian rock band and um, became kind of a melodic melodic hardcore. Yeah. That was the shift. It it went from that realm that of song. like we would be we would have been played on air one. You know what I mean? Yeah. That radio station casting crowns and stuff. It went from it turned us from that to they could see us on like face down or a victory band. Yeah. You know, like we went from Almost like we could play. Well, we did. We played at youth groups on Wednesday nights. Yeah. To you know, oh, I can two step to this now. You know, that was that song that made that shift. It was that change. And, and yeah, really I think you're right. I don't think it made the cut. It didn't. It didn't it did. at all. And I don't know. It's just kind of funny looking back on it because the naivety that everybody had back then. Like you look now, and it's like there's bands that. That's just what they expected. Like, if you're not doing at least that, then you're a fucking joke. Yeah. But, like, here, just local success is, like, a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. If you get man. to go play in Dallas, if you get to go play in Houston, that's, like, Drake's Descent, brother. That was huge. <laughs> Dude, we had 2,000 likes on MySpace. Are you fucking and kidding you, me? That was <laughs> such a crazy thing it at the time. It was wild. Yeah, absolutely. And it was... I mean... Dude, we... We had a relationship with a fucking coffee shop, and we're booking as Blood Runs Black in a goddamn coffee shop, no bigger than this fucking room. You know, like, and we did like we, and not we as in close your eyes. Like, dude, our scene, yeah. our group of friends, there was literally was like group, sixty yeah. of us that went to the shows consistently, and we built, we made such a noise that bands who have never even heard of Abilene, Texas, were suddenly like. 
let's go to Abilene, Texas. I've heard they fucking kill it. Every band that ever played here, like our big, and I think like when Jeremy and I started working together, Jeremy <laughs> was very good about treating bands well. Yeah. But I, I even kicked it up a notch and was like, hey, we got resources that we're not tapping into, like some of the stuff on these riders that, that we're just marking through with a Sharpie, we can do. Get them their beer, get them their drinks, get them their food, whatever. Like, I'll pitch in. We'll help out yeah. and do this. I want these bands to go back to their booking agents and tell them how great of an experience this was. Because we're always going to be a smaller market. But I want bands to want to fill in their off days. Like, hey, we can make okay money and this is going to be a fun as shit show. It kind of happened and every band I've talked to that played Abilene, I'd be like, hey, yeah, I booked that show. And they're like, dude, like we never forgot about that. Yeah. That was one of the sickest times we've ever had in our life. And it's true, man. I mean, there were bands that I, I made friends with even after the fact that, that we played with them and booked them here in Abilene yeah. years later. Yeah, we're from Abilene. Oh, at like Abilene? Like, you were you that, that little fucking park that building? Little park building? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like, dude, that fucking was awesome. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, oh, we played there. Um, fucking uh um matt from shy halud yeah he remembers abilene like the he's key. like yeah dude that was a killer but he called it a club it was a killer club I'm like yeah, okay. it wasn't really a club yeah, sure we rented out this little place that was a big <laughs> yeah. deal too because we had a designated building that we actually like paid rent paid on. rent to get shows in yeah that, before that the, we the rented key. on it yeah, yeah. We rented on a show-by-show show basis. It was the first stage we had. But yeah, I mean, we had Dillinger. I mean, we got Dillinger Escape Plan on an off day. They were they were like, okay, in a fucking Rose Rose I'll Park. I'll never forget that because we were recreation s- center. Like it was me, Jeremy, and Andrew sitting at the softcore house. Three straight edge dudes, literally just playing on their laptops, <laughs> like no tv nothing we were it was no just booze nothing nothing just, we were just sitting on our computers just, just to be somewhere other than our house <laughs> and andrew goes he, he pulls up a myspace bulletin and said this is weird dillinger's supposed to play in lubbock tomorrow and the bar lost their liquor license and we we're like huh that's weird and he opens the bulletin, and he's just talking like, I'm um, just yeah, reading, just, this is what I'm chilling, seeing on yeah. MySpace. And he goes, um, they asked if anyone could do a show in the area. <laughs> and there was like this weird pause, and I go, well, fucking message him. God damn it. It's <laughs> like, you idiot. And he was like, what do you want me to say? I was like, tell him we'll book a fucking show. <laughs> Well, where are we going to do it? I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's the fucking Dillinger escape plan. <laughs> so Were they with messages. the bled too? Yes. But the bled didn't, the bled didn't show Dillinger. up because the bled didn't want to play. They didn't want to play a smaller town. Yeah. And then Dillinger after the show was like, this is a fucking Before the show. <laughs> so <laughs> They were stoked on it. We message and Ben Weinman's the one that messages back and he's like, fuck it. Give us directions. We'll be there. We didn't even know if we... Had, we dude, we didn't even know if we had a venue A, a venue, yeah. We had to call Rose, the city, the next morning and go, please, God, tell me tomorrow night is open. <laughs> and it was. So we rented it. We printed flyers. It's and originally they were like, do. fuck it. We'll do it for a door deal. Whatever money comes in, we'll do it. Yeah. And of course, their booking agent was like, no, you're going to pay him $800. That's it. 800 bucks, And that's it. <laughs> Which was a lot for yeah, Abilene. For, because yeah, at that time. $800 and we didn't sell alcohol. We had only door sales to pay them. 
And in we a had, park. What was the and we had what was the cap in that room? Seventy five people. <laughs> and we had one day to promote it, and we went and passed out. We went and printed flyers at Kinko's at like quick eight o'clock in the morning. Went and passed them out at every school. Like I passed them out at Abilene High. I was still in high school at the time. Um, Two hundred and forty people showed up at that show. Yeah. Well, people from Lubbock. Came in. Yes. People from uh, San Angelo. People we from... We promoted the shit out of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it was everywhere. And so... Fire uh, Marshal came. Tried to stop yes. the fucking show. Before that happened, we were playing. Fright was playing. Yeah. And... Fright. Uh, oh, fuck. I remember Fright. We stopped in the middle of a song because I saw Ben Weinman walk in and I went, Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I said, Everybody shut the fuck up! Ben Wyman just walked in the door and he goes, what is this, a fucking VFW hall? This is going to be sick. (laughs) (laughs) Just all stoked about it. Yes. They were so excited. You know, Dillinger gets up there and the fire marshal shows up. During Closure Eyes' set, actually, we had to stop y'all's set because the fire marshal came in and he was like, you guys are like triple the capacity never right seen now. anything like this yeah. it's like what the fuck is we going can't on do this and we were like okay um so ben wyman again comes over and he's like what's the problem and i said well we're like over double capacity and he was like oh fuck man he was like well we're here he was like we'll play two sets oh, i do remember that that was so cool like just to offer that i was like just to be that shit. down to and offer i said it. okay is that okay and he said yeah empty half the people out like you'll still be a little over but just empty half the people out they can play their second set and like you'll meet code and we're like great thank you so much so shook the fire marshal's hand he left and i was like everybody back inside (laughs) i remember there were people standing outside the you remember the side door yeah we had to open it they they had to spill out yeah yeah and people were standing outside of the fucking venue climbing on each other just to get a glimpse just to of look. what's going on in there and it was funny because they were playing i don't remember what song they were playing it was like sunshine the werewolf or something and ben threw his guitar and busted that oh, busted line. that shit because yeah. it was fucking seven foot ceilings yeah it's a low and ceiling he stands on his box and busts the light out and they just finished their song the next song was fix your face and he was like, wow, man, this is a wild-ass show. He was like, I never thought Abilene, Texas would be able to you know, go off like this, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, let's keep it rolling. This next song's called Fix Your Fucking Light. I <laughs> <laughs> put Fix Your Face. That was a wild, wild night. That's not like Susie got punched Susie, in the face. I was about to say, Susie got punched in the she face. She straight up got... Split her lip open. Split, wait, like, you know the kid? Man. He's from Merkel. I have no idea. I just remember he had like... Because Juan chased him with a crowbar. Yeah, Juan fucking <laughs> ran after him. Okay, so I guess I'll start recording now. <laughs> fucking Are you ready? Wish. Are you good? Oh my god. I wish we had just done all of that. You weren't recording. I guess... So when did we first meet? That was 2006, probably. Was it 2006? You were still playing in the Drake's Descent. When we met, now when yeah. we like became friends, later. That was later. Yeah. We met probably in 06. Uh-huh. Um, you had just started playing. Like, Close Your Eyes was a fairly new band at yeah. the time. Um, did you ever know how I joined Close Your Eyes? 
Yeah, they their bass player played for a day and quit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were here. like, well, Sonny plays No, bass. okay, so, so here's what happened. Salas and Drake sent at that point, yeah. at that time, we was like, ooh, we're hot shit. You know, like, we were doing yeah. well. We, we uh, you know, we're playing around. It was around. like the Abilene band. Yeah, yeah. at that point. Um, and then... I became really good friends with Chris Coltman, right. the original drummer to Close Your Eyes. And I knew Chris prior to that. He and my brother were really good friends. Like Chris went to Cooper and drew a tabling high, but they like played tennis together. Really? And yeah, I gotcha. That was my actual first introduction to the Abilene music scene was a silent proposal. Uh, I saw Fontaine one time. I never saw Fontaine. Which I was a kid. Like I was still in middle school. Mm-hmm like sixth seventh grade maybe and drew and chris were friends and chris was like hey you should like come out and see my band yeah and so i saw a silent proposal at one of those little park cow young park it was at a park that we (laughs) normally wouldn't play at yeah but it was at one of the little grills you could rent out for like family reasons (laughs) (laughs) exactly so that was like that was how i first went to shows and then I met you, it may have been at the, not the first Closure Eyes show because you didn't play. It was at the second or third one or whatever. Maybe. The first one was at the amphitheater. Yeah. And ben was still playing. With ben him. was still playing bass. That is actually how I met the dudes. Okay, so I was in Drake's Ascent. Chris Coltman, the drummer to Close Your Eyes, was a good friend of mine. Like, went to Bible study every Sunday. We hung out multiple times during the week. Like, he was, I'd say, probably my best friend at that time. And so, I remember... After band practice, coming in from uh, Coleman, where we used to practice, he was like, come check us out. We, we, we practice at the Hardin Simmons University Music Hall. I'm like, okay. So I come check him out. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't into it. I was not into it, man. I mean, I think Shane had a great voice. Their dynamic was cool, but I was just, at that point in time, I was Listen kind of to a lot of rancid. Yeah, like I was like, yeah. you know, I was super punk hardcore uh, you know and then uh shane at that point hated punk music yeah hated it and so they kind of reminded me of like a weird emery meets creed and i was not into it's it it's a fair assessment <laughs> i was just not into it but you know i was there to support my friend chris i met the rest of the guys and then one night i went over there and they were talking about how ben left he quit the band after like one or two shows yeah and so we just started jam, you know, jamming. I picked up whatever bass and started yelling into a mic, and it was blah, 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 blah. And I remember Chris was like, "Hey man, uh, don't leave just yet. I need to talk to Shane and Brett really quick." And I was like, "Okay." So sure enough, they all three come out after like two minutes, and they're like, "Hey, we, do you want to be in the band?" And I was real, I was real with them, and you know me, I could be kind of a dick, especially back then. I was like, "No, I don't." But Chris is my friend. I'll fill in for y'all. I'll fill in until you guys find a permanent basis. That's how it always starts. That's how it always starts. That's how they got me. I'll fill in. Chris is my friend. Uh, So I guess I'll jam with y'all until y'all find a permanent basis. (laughs) That's what I always told anybody at interviews. Yeah, I'm filling in until they find somebody better. Yeah, man. I'm really over this fucking band. I'm just waiting. Dude, they can tell me tomorrow they find a basis. I'm going home. I'm out of here. I'm ready to go, man. It's been a long, long temporary gig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that's how I joined. And then, like, after a couple of weeks, Drake's set broke up. So I was like, the only band I'm in is close your eyes. So uh, I guess 
I'm not in a hurry to jump out of the band. And it just, you know, went from there. I remember people considered me, Brett, Shane, you know, the only original members yeah. left. Technically, I was you never, I was an not an original member. member. There was one bassist before me, and that yeah. was it. But I was at Close Your Eyes for a show. They played outside at the amphitheater. At the amphitheater, at Rose, Park. At Rose Park. Yeah. Shane shook it. <laughs> okay. That's how I met Shane. So. <laughs> He walked around. Ben, Brett, and Chris go on a jazz. They go on this jazz solo, like a ten-minute fucking jazz. Chris is going off. Shane didn't know what to do, so he put his mic on the floor and just walks off stage to the crowd and starts shaking everybody's hand. Thank you for coming out. I appreciate you showing up. Hi, my name is Shane. Thank you for coming out. I was the first fucking hand. I'm sitting there supporting my friend Chris. I'm like, this band kind of sucks. <laughs> Shane walks down I'm the first motherfucker he walks up to I was right there for the steps and he shakes my hand and says thanks for coming out and he shook my hand and then went on that was my first time meeting and touching Shane and I was just like what a fucking loser oh, I'll never forget <laughs> I, I remember that and I remember afterwards talking to Chris I'm like yo what's up with your singer dude <laughs> And that motherfucker is the reason that anybody ever liked Close Your Eyes. Is that not the most <laughs> Like, now people love Shane. Like, God. it's so crazy. Any singer leaving a band is, like, a big deal. It's, like, a big blow because they're, like, the main person that people yeah, well, they're the associate voice. with. And like, they're the voice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've never, ever seen... People obsessed with a vocalist like they were with Shane. God. I mean, and- I mean he had. I mean he had. He had his you know style of singing. Man, he could sing and yell. He's really like he's he's, he's really, good at what he did. Yeah. No, nah, fuck him. I don't want to talk about too much. Dude. Fuck you, Shane. Technic- You're listening to this. <laughs> technically not though, and he knows it. Like no, I remember when we released the first single with Sam. Shane Shane posted it was like. They're doing great. Like this dude sings way Shane better than me. Like is Shane will admit it. Hundred times the vocalist Shane is. It's a presence. It's a live yeah. presence. And Sam, Sam has the fucking voice of an angel. Have you heard his shit now? Oh yeah. I'm a fan of Sam. That motherfucker. And I know you're listening. And you got nothing better to do. You're just hanging out with Lois, <laughs> no, selling vegetarian no, shit. No, he's gonna li- he's gonna hear this because I talk shit to him all the time. If you watch a Sam Ryder music video, that fucking strap he's using is mine. Is that it? motherfucker stole oh, that strap what from a, me? What a piece of it's shit! It's my favorite strap, and he every time I say something, he goes, "I was waiting for the comment." Cheers, mate. <laughs> Man, he asked if he could borrow it for the fucking John Payne music video, and he never fucking gave it back. Dude, the John Payne music video. That was okay. So that was your first video. Yes. Playing bass, close your eyes. Yes. I came. I came home early. Yeah. Tour ended. Then we were going to shoot I that video. I was like, want to go. The first show was at the White Rabbit. You like handed your bass off to me, and I finished the show at the White Rabbit. Because I wanted to go you. home. It's and possible. I think because I think that was close to St. Patrick's Day. Like you which, and I had already talked. Like that was arranged. You weren't supposed to be done until the end of the tour. And you said we're going to be in San Antonio at spring break. Do you want to finish the tour? And yeah. I said, yeah, fuck it, sure. I wanted to go home. Like, I was like, I'm so close to San Antonio. I was kind of over it at that point. I just want to go home. Like, what's crazy is I was ready to fill in at any point in any position except for drums because I was there through the writing process of everything. Yeah, so you knew it. I was there through the recording of everything. Like, 
I remember sitting in JJ's with Andrew, and he and I would work on Local Guitar Shop, JJ's. Andrew and I worked at the guitar shop together. I was never in Close Your Eyes. Like, I was just always kind of the right-hand guy. Yeah. Like, I was at every practice. I gave my input on things. Like, when certain songs were getting written, like, I gave my opinion on it. Song for the Broken, which nobody ever knew. Everyone fucking hated that song. I hated it. And at the time, Close Your Eyes had lost their privilege to practice at Hardin-Simmons University. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my dad has this shop. That's where Close Your Eyes was practicing at the time. Song for the Broken. Brett had brought it to practice. And Sonny goes, this song fucking sucks. <laughs> Handed me his bass and was like, you fucking play it. I am done with this shit. And everyone was like annoyed, so I like played through the rest of that practice. Sonny was over it because that song was so boring. It to was boring. Okay, it still is boring. To I, play. It's Nothing's boring changed. to play. It really it's is awful. Okay, so I appreciate. Okay, as an adult looking back now, I appreciate what the song has done for. I don't. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that song from day one. No, every band has a song that kind of makes their career. Yeah, Song of the Broken was that song for us. It broke us into the top. Whatever fucking Billboard charts, uh, we were on you know rock band and blah blah blah. This song was our first single of our first record, our first uh, 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 record, and it was huge for us. And I fucking hated it. That's I remember such being a like, bad really, song. like, like really? Why do f- the lyrics? Something did it, needs to but change. I'm sorry, the it's so much. Keep the lights on. Cheesy as fuck. Oh They're god, horrible. I horrible. I hated it. But people love it, and people do love it. So I appreciate that people love it, and I appreciate. The support because of that song. And I appreciate the McDoubles I was able to buy once in a while because of that song. But that was definitely, I don't know, man. To me, I thought that was one of the weak, I thought that was a B-side. Everyone did. I uh, Yeah. Even Brett did. Everyone in the band was like, oh. fuck this song. And Friends uh, friends of Friends Forever, I thought would have been who a was good, it? Was it good lead single. Was it Evan at the label that was like... This is it. Or was it, uh, what's his face? Uh, Tony's right hand. Um, anyway, it was him that was like, this is like, this is the single. This is the song. Everyone was like, song for the broken fucking really? Yeah. I remember when they told me that I was like, come on, man. Okay. It's y'all's decision. They were right. (laughs) I mean, they were right. I I think that's why like after, after we saw how that song went viral. Yeah. For what was considered viral at that point in time. Okay. Two funny stories about the same trip. So after Warp Tour, Mixtapes was playing their last show. You like this, by the way? Yeah. I found that at work. Things I find, man. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry. I go to Chicago. Mixtapes is playing their like, talking, dude. last show, essentially. And so I was like, oh, I'll go to Chicago. I got friends there. Yeah. I'm just going to hang out go to the show. So I'm there by myself. And uh, I hit up Eric Richter and was like, hey, let's go grab some pizza. Love that guy. So he was like, yeah, man, we'll go tomorrow. Like, I'm a little bit busy today. I'll holler at you a little later. I was like, okay, cool. I go to meet up with Richter the next day for pizza. We went to Lou Malnati's to get mm. pizza. I mean, it's and not Gino's East, but, you know, whatever. I would, re- I would go to Lou Malnati's over really? Gino's. Dude. It's too fucking, like... Gino's is not what it used to be. It's just not as good. It's been about three years. 
Oh, I had Gino's yeast about three years It's ago. okay, three but it's four. not worth the wait. Like, Lou Malnati's is just as good, and mm. it's just a normal pizza place. So, as far like, I've yeah. been to Gino's East. I've experienced it. Fine, I'll go to Lou Malnati's now. They have really good Coke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, I hit up Richter the next day. I call him, and he texts me, and he goes, let me call you back. I said, okay. So, he calls me back hour later or so and he was like you still want to go get pizza i was like yeah he was like all right where are you at i'll come pick you up we'll go to lou malnati's and i was like cool so he comes and picks me up i get in his car and he was like sorry i had to ignore your call earlier and i was like oh it's no sweat he was like i was quitting my job (laughs) (laughs) what he was like yeah no shit i was walking into uh fucking clint that's his name clint yeah jesus christ (laughs) so he was like I was walking into Tony's office, literally as you called me to tell him I was quitting. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, how did that go? So he's like telling me this story. Tony Bremel, for those of you who don't know. He said Tony's on his treadmill in his office. And he never stopped walking the entire time Eric was quitting. (laughs) Anyway, we go through this whole story and like, it's funny if you know Tony, but if you don't, it's kind of irrelevant to you. So... (laughs) Tony's a pretty trippy guy. Like he has a, a habitual like blink that he does. He has like a twitch, and so Eric's talking about like trying to quit his job while Tony's walking on a treadmill and blinking a lot. And he was just like, it was a weird experience. So, um, oh shit, Andrew was actually with me because Andrew lives in Champaign. So we go, uh, we change direction. We don't go to Lumanati's. We end up going to Portillo's. The same like downtown portillo's that we always went guess who's fucking sitting at the table right as you walk in is fucking clint oh close your eyes has just like really broken up at this point yeah andrew's just moved to chicago this is all brand new there was no like when and when close your eyes broke up there was like nothing with the label i've not talked to anybody at victory yeah and Clint, Tony Brummel's right-hand man, is sitting at this table. We're with the vic- videographer who just quit his job. <laughs> oh my God. And we walk in, and Clint's right there, and he goes, The fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> I was like, Hey, Clint. Hey. It's good to see What's you. What's going on, man? It was the most surreal, weird experience, but like we just talked and ended up like we ate our Italian beefs and went on about our business. But it was like what, like Chicago of all places. Uh, the what are the city? Odds what are the fucking odds that he's going to be at? And it was that Portillo's downtown in front of the Gino old Gino's East. So yes, yeah, and the McDonald's course, and like yeah, that whole yeah square. Rainforest Cafe was around yes. there. Michael George. Like Street. what are the fucking odds? Super bizarre. Super bizarre. I like Clint, man. Clint was no, he's dude. great. Yeah, uh, and he, he like it wasn't a weird conversation. He was just like, "What are y'all doing now?" Like, yeah, how are things going? We didn't talk anything about music. Yeah. He made fun of my Bane shirt because he always talked <laughs> shit to me about liking Bane and H two O. Clint was solid. I loved Evan Clint uh, Richter. I, Eric Richter's such yeah. A Richter good was dude. solid. Richter kind of reminded me of that. What's that fucking guy from uh, uh, Silicon Valley? Oh yeah. What's his no name? No shit. I've yeah really never never put that together um the main guy the, yeah, the fucking guy. guy yeah eric richter 
No shit. Yeah. I never thought about. I that. remember watching that show, and I'd be like, Susie, that dude uh, he used to film He's, me. Yeah. He used to film my music videos." <laughs> wow. Yeah, they look a lot of like. Wow. 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 <laughs> never thought about that yeah they look like identical even like the way they move yeah no they're the same person oh back to that question (laughs) anyways we met in 2006 (laughs) and uh you didn't like me i did not like you you didn't like me i didn't trust you guy you were too pretty and hey, I can't help that, you know. I, I know you can't help that, but I held it against you, you fuck. <laughs> uh, and it was just like, I don't know. It, there was like, I had a group of people at that time. I was such an elitist. It's the same as anything else. Like you have your group of friends and anytime there's somebody new. new. Doesn't right. matter if they're but it's, good. No, well, that's funny. Doesn't matter. I'm opposite now, dude. Like I love it. Like Now? Well, now. But well, when yeah, you're I've grown up. Teenager, early 20s. Absolutely. That whole time. Like somebody, you've got a tight knit group of friends yeah. like we had. And somebody new comes in, fuck that guy. Yeah, who the fuck is this fucking Who the dude? fuck is this guy? Does this guy fucking think he's cool and wants to hang out with me and my friends? This blonde-headed this fuck. fucking dude. Look at you, fucking Adolf Hitler's dream. <laughs> God damn it. You were super drunk one night and I was outside taking a piss. And you go, I used to not fucking like you. <laughs> but, but now you've got a kid's got heart shirt on. And so you're all right. You're all right because I used to not fucking like you. And I was like, I appreciate it, Sonny. I think you've liked me for a while now. And uh, didn't want to admit it. We're just now <laughs> talking about this. You've so. hung out at my house for the last month, and I'm now saying words to you. <laughs> you were in the 2011 U.S. Open, and you placed or yeah. created breaking. Yeah. Well, I did. I competed from 2011 to 2014. Toured full-time, 14 and 15. Back and competed again in 2016 and won a world title. Fucking A, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A. Dude, we just watched Goodfellas. Yep. (laughs) Yep, we sure did. The whole thing. The whole thing. Um, Dude, that's so wild. I remember uh, I looked up videos on YouTube. And uh, you actually use Close Your Eyes songs. I had to get permission from the label. <laughs> Did you really? To use it. Who'd you get? So who gave you the okay? Clint. No I, shit. I had to talk to Clint because the tournament was televised on ESPN. Oh, yeah. So you had to get the rights. And so I had to like get the rights. I was like, fuck you, get the rights. <laughs> like, fuck, I was in the fucking room when this song was, was written, you bitch. Yeah. Um, but it was like a thing. I actually told that story yesterday or the day before like not too long ago someone was asking me about it because i've got a picture in my office like holding my belt and everything yeah i was like it's really funny because a band that like i was a part of and toured with and all this and i had to like get permission to use a song for my breaking (laughs) so yeah um i know i'm scared to play it on my show honestly they sold all the social media accounts and everything yeah i saw that uh i remember seeing what was the instagram or twitter one they sold it to some guy who loves anime. I remember yeah. seeing that. Uh, yeah, no, dude. I remember seeing that. I remember. I remember being told like uh, he used you know the song and and I remember wake watching it. You actually played the intro yeah. to so, uh, Friends of Friends Forever, right? No, wake up. Was it wake up? Yeah. It worked for what I like. It had a big intro. Yeah, absolutely. Had, like you know, it just kind of. It was fun, right dude. Song. You were into it. You were you were posi jumping. Yeah. 
You know, in your, in your uniform, so, like, I, I saw the video. With cool. creative breaking, there's, like, no rules. Like, you can break anything and do anything. You Creatively. Just, no fire, no glass. So okay. it's, it's essentially putting on a demo. And I was like, what's something nobody's done? And nobody's broken a guitar. <laughs> so I said, fuck it. I went and got, like, a cheap Epiphone Les Paul. Um, like, I had to... Um, and this is kind of crazy. The guy, Chris Lee, is who was, like, the director for it. And he's actually one of the main judges for the UFC. Like, he's probably judging the McGregor fight tonight. He's really? A, he's a scorer for the UFC. I called Chris up, and I was like, this is what I'm thinking this year. Like, I want to do... I want to break a guitar, first of all. I said, but I'm going to play along with my routine music. Like, I'm going to have an amp there and all this. He was like, love it. Like, perfect for TV. Like we'll figure out how to make it work. I said, I just need to make sure I've got enough like power and yeah. everything for what I'm going to do. And right. I said, I'm going to have a wireless unit and all that kind of stuff. So I played along with the intro. Cause like the intro is just long enough to where I could play for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then when the fast part starts, I handed the guitar off and I broke the guitar. And then like that station was like, I did like a sidekick to the guitar, broke it and then did a sidekick on the other way to like some bricks and then broke some bricks like with an elbow. So that was like my intro to the whole thing. And it was super cool. Like I've, I'll watch it every now and then just be like, fuck man. Like, it was super cool. I watched it the other night. It I'm not going to lie. Like it should have won. I was pissed that I didn't win. I got like <laughs> second or third that year. You and Ben Parra, mm-hmm. who's also part of Team Chip, who now holds his own uh, school in San Antonio. Right. Y'all came down for our music video the end. From, Y'all drove up for it and just fucking killed bricks and baseball bats on fire for the music video. And it looks... I, I still love that music video. First of all, we're in a group walking down the street and we look hard We look hard as fuck. fuck. It was so cold in Chicago. It's like so November. Cold. And Ben and I drove from Abilene to Chicago. Okay, We left after classes. Like We taught at Team Chip and took off. Drove through the night, got there at like eight or nine That's o'clock like a in the morning. Nineteen hour drive, man. It yeah. was I think it was fourteen. Fourteen is like what we actually drove. To Chicago, checked into the hotel at like eight o'clock in the morning. Slept for like an hour because we started filming that video like early in the yeah, day. Yeah, it was early. we had to get the whole video done in a day. So yeah. we started filming at like ten. We slept for like an hour and a half, woke up. Came down to Victory Headquarters, we filmed the video, went and ate pizza, and then we went home. <laughs> like, it was absurd. Like, it was absolutely insane. Ben texted me the other day. He's like, remember that time we drove to Chicago <laughs> and back in two days and filmed a music video in between those? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fucking insane. First of all, like, it was freezing cold. And we moved from yeah. the, like, studio area upstairs uh-huh. to the fucking loading dock loading dock in the basement and that's when we had a well because we we released the want to be in a close your eyes music video yeah come on down so a bunch of supporters and fans came down it was great i I thought that was a fun but they said uh what else can you break i said i can break baseball bats i think they sent richter or some intern somebody to go get to go get bats but I had already kicked and like hit and i was yeah fucking sore sore shit I had to try to break a bat in like 20 degree weather. <laughs> they set it on fire and I like, I hit it, cleaned it, broke it. And my whole like 
shin oh, was I bet, swollen dude. so bad. Oh, and I was just gosh. like, I hope y'all got the shot you fucking needed because <laughs> Fuck I, y'all. that's it. I can't do anymore. That's so funny. So. I remember, um, okay, so we're in the Victory Headquarters and who the fuck was it? What's it? Was it Alternative Press, maybe? And I think Alternative Press, and I could be completely wrong, but they they released something that was like, yeah, this album is okay, not their best. Or something, yeah. and Ben, Ben fucking Ben ripped him a new fucking one. ripped him a new one. And Ben, like those of you who don't know Ben, Ben is a fucking intimidating dude. He's scary. He's six four, shaved head, neck tattoo, tattoos. neck tattoos, arm tattoos. Just he looks like he will literally rip your arms out and beat the shit out of you. And uh, he's sitting there, and we're in the. I think they got us pizza or whatever. We're sitting in Victory Headquarters. And he's like, somebody this thought it was a good idea to point out that that was the guy that. This wrote is the, the guy review. that wrote the review for the new album. He gave it a three out of five or whatever. And Ben just so happened to, for some reason, know exactly what he said. And he was just so three out of five stars, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what these dudes go through? You know how much bullshit they went through? They leave vocalist leaves and they get a new vocalist and write new music and go away from their families and friends and. Do this, tour their asses what the fuck off. Do you know about music? Like, what the fuck do you know? Oh, you sit behind a fucking computer and write about music. Do you? Have you ever written music? Have you ever been on the road? Dude, I remember sitting there like, dude, calm down. Like, I was thinking, Ben, Ben, chill, chill. And Ben's like, that's what my the fuck whole do you life know? with Ben Parra the fuck do you is know? me telling him, dude, stop. It's not stop. <laughs> Just stop. Just Ben, you're gonna kill someone. Cut it out. Is that a wasp? Yep, sure is. Fuck that wasp. Did I get him? Yeah. Oh, he's Is that in that corner? Yeah. He's dead. No, he's not. He's gonna be. Let him suffer. Dude, he's moving a lot. I need to make him a sandwich. <laughs> no, he's he's fine. <laughs> uh another question I had for you. Remember the troops? <laughs> Remember the Alamo? <laughs> it's such a stupid inside joke. This <laughs> <laughs> what years ago we're, we're on the road and there's a billboard. Yeah. I said, "Remember the troops?" and then somebody spammed a question yeah. mark. So I was like, "Yo, y'all remember the troops?" And then we started thinking of all the other everything is like yeah. remember something remember the alamo like turn it <laughs> into a question <laughs> i don't know why that was that's just that's just a testimony of how boring tour can be like you're just on the road not like you've talked about the show last night you talked about whatever you talked about blah 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 and you're just sitting there and you see a billboard and you're just like dude what the fuck does that mean okay but one day I look on social media of some sort. I don't remember which one it was. But there was... Somewhere in the country. It's the middle of nowhere. And there's a pile of dirt. And it had, you know, people like, come haul off my dirt. Free dirt. Free is, dirt? Is what it said. Free dirt. And Nick Jet kneeled down next to it and took a picture. <laughs> and his caption was... 
for real, free dirt. He a filthy motherfucker, but he didn't deserve this. <laughs> free like dirt. a free Lil Wayne shirt or yes. something. Dude, Nick Jet, you said crack me up, dude. Yeah. He doesn't okay. talk much. At Not much, all. but anytime he says he words, does, you want to listen. It's quality over quantity. It's quality. Yes. Like, as soon as Nick Jet opens his mouth, you're like, stop. Everybody stop. Yeah. Listen. Everyone like, listen. Justice and I would talk here and there. But one day I was like, okay, well, let's all meet at Chipotle or whatever tomorrow. And he's like, all right, we'll get my digits. Okay, cool. Like, you know, whatever. I'm about to get justice from TUI's number. He says, don't be giving your wife that shit. <laughs> Don't be giving your wife my shit, though. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, like, my God. What the fuck? Oh, that dude was fucking funny. <laughs> he was, But the thing is, like, it's kind of one of those things like Nick Jet. Nick. Uh, it's, it was quality over quantity. Like, he didn't talk I've to you much. I've done, what, two tours with he Nick now? He was fucking great. I think I've said three words to nick jet he didn't talk a lot but he like he was always like what's up yeah like he's a nice guy <laughs> that was yeah, pretty holla. much it yeah he's Spoke a nice scott, fucking scott dude. quite a bit talked to dave a lot martin a ton Sweet. it's funny because he's like the scariest looking human being you've ever seen and he's like a great dude though on stage he's, he's terrifying and Absolutely. you talk to him and he's like Oh, what's up, man? Hey, man. (laughs) Oh, it's so good to see you, man. We had that day off in Europe, and they were on the Never Say Die tour with, like, Comeback Kid and uh, Stick to Your Guns. It was, like, a a big, cool tour, and we had a day off. Absolutely. And they were only, like, an hour away. So we loaded up and went. Didn't tell anybody we were coming. I think Ron knew we were coming. And that was it. And we just showed up at the show in fucking Frankfurt, Germany or something, and they were just like, the fuck are you doing here? So... (laughs) Before the show, we're just like walking outside the venue, and Martine has this big camo terror jacket on with the, like his headphones in, hood up. Yeah, and he's just walking, and I was like, "Watch this!" So I like step in front of him, and like we bump into each other, and he was like, "Oh, hey, man!" <laughs> <laughs> he looked up like, what "The fuck? Yeah, the what fuck?" The fuck? He's like, oh, hey, man, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Like, you know we're in Germany, right? And I was like, yeah, we had an off day, so we came to hang out. He was like, cool, cool. Well, uh, I was like, have you seen Ron anywhere? Like, we can't get a hold of him. He was like, yeah, Ronnie, I think he's over uh, over by the venue, man. I'll, we'll catch you in a little bit. I was like, okay. So fast forward, we're just like hanging out at the venue. We don't see anybody from Terror until they play. And so I'm like working my way to the front and I'm wearing, I think it was like a carry on shirt and Scott's doing his shit where he yeah. like points out, I like your bad brain shirt. I like your mad ball the shirt. Old, I the like old, your the old Vogelism. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, fucking love that kick. The fuck are you doing here? <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? And he goes, yo, I like your carry on shirt. Shout out, close your eyes, hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> and that was so cool, man. Like, Terror, like, they were, I mean, they just accepted us. Like None of know, them liked the band, but they were no, like. No, but they were, they liked us. Yeah. And that's, and to me, I they mean, They did not like Brett's. Let's you be guys, honest, dude. Every loved, fucking tour, it was us guys. defending Brett. But, like, right after the breakup, I went to Dallas and to see, it was when Terror was on tour, the story so far. And, yeah. like, Dave and I were just walking around downtown <laughs> looking for a Starbucks. And uh, he was just like, so, like, what? happened and i kind of explained everything and he was like 
Dude, I'm going to be real honest with you. He was like, literally everyone in our band knew he was a piece of shit the day we met y'all. He was yeah. like, that was genuinely the reason like we didn't hang out more. Like, but like they guy. would talk to like they would talk to uh they would talk to me and like Andrew and shit you know what I mean like they they kick it with us I remember playing uh Firefest in Dallas we toured with um a couple of bands and Straight from the Path was on that tour months later we play Firefest in Dallas and uh Straight from the Path one of the members of Straight from the Path walks up we're backstage and I'm, I was doing something I think I was changing strings. And he says, it's the only member of Close Your Eyes I like. <laughs> and I was like, what's up, dude? But that's how it was, unfortunately. And, like, I'm going to get to this in another episode. I don't want to talk about it this episode. No. But, well, there's a reason, you know, like, we don't talk about Brett very often. I just, like, wonder what it would have been like had he not been a part of it. Like, unfortunately, I don't think it would have <sighs> happened if he wasn't a part of it. Um, and that's the thing. He handled the business side. It was irritating for me on the back end because, like, I was capable of that. Yeah. And I didn't have any say at the time. And it wasn't until I joined the band that I had to be the asshole that was like, Yo, none of this makes any yeah. fucking sense. Man. It was dumb. We moved past it. I think, all, you know, we're all in a good place. Like, Bobby's playing in fucking Walls of Jericho. He's doing great. Uh, Jordan's at Nam right now. Yeah. He's fucking killing it with his drum company. He always has. Yeah, he's he's fucking great. Shane's doing great. He's got a kid on the way. Got a kid on the way. Jesus Christ. Got a good job. Just got married. Timmy got really McGee has a beautiful daughter. Uh, he's got a great wife. You know, he's still living in Canada. He wishes he was here in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew's doing great right now. He's in Illinois with his wife. Making doing, music. Composing. Making music. Composing. Doing great things. We're both here. We got We're both here. We got kids. Got Mortgage, good, kids. Good job. Wife. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it's 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 wild, man. You know, like you're doing really well, you know, as a realtor. I work for a company that's got a contract with the Air Force. And I work with military housing. And yeah. how fucking weird is that? I'm not dogging myself. But I think I was the one in the band that was like, if Sonny's not in the band, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. I was that guy. And I'm okay admitting that because music was my life. I put everything, all my eggs in one basket. And so Sonny CYE, Sonny Vega CYE wasn't a CYE. What's he doing? I found out my wife was pregnant with, you know, our daughter. I was like, what am I going to do? And uh, it was kind of a scary time, but I figured it out and I'm doing okay. But it's pretty wild. Like to think about, I don't know how life was back then and life compared to now. It's it's mostly weird looking at what was so important then that we look at now and we and realize it's just like it was just not it, didn't matter. it really didn't matter, man. It you was know? like it was that thing we did when we were kids and like at the time. And that's not dogging anybody that's still doing it and that's their life. As much as I thought it was, it's not me. Yeah. And and that's the thing I grew up thinking it was going to be me. You know, I'd see bands on MTV and Views and stuff. And then when we got to that level, we got to that level of being on MTV and Views and different shows and video games and whatnot. It was awesome. I loved it. It was... I, I look back fondly on it, but at the same time, it kind of fucked me up, man. Yeah. <laughs> like it did. You know, it takes a certain person to... And we've talked about it before, to live that life. And I don't know, man. It, w it was cool. 
but I'm glad I lived the life that I live now with my daughter tapping me on the tummy, bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, babe? I just want to go with dinner. All right, get out of here. Go and get. <laughs> That's my life now, dude. And you're 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 just strapping in for the ride, man. When my daughter's five. Your daughter is six new, months old. Six months old, dude. And you I wouldn't, got, I wouldn't change anything. Like I always say, I'm glad I did it. I would never do it again. I'm, I'm so glad I experienced yeah. it and I saw the things I did. But if I had to pick, like if someone said, "You can do this and be financially stable, or you can keep doing what you're doing," I, I'm doing what I'm doing all day long. Yeah, like. I love my wife. I love my kid. I, eh, most of the time I love my job. Um, there's so much fake about that music world. Oh, man. And, and that's, it's, it's you know, so that's ironic. what this whole show's about. I don't, it's I don't know. so fucking ironic because the thing about the hardcore scene is the realness that everybody realness. preaches. Right. There was a meeting at Victory Records. This thing of saying, fake it till you make it, was brought up. And I ran with that. And I regret running with it the way I did. Because it wasn't true. It wasn't honest. I wasn't being real with myself. I wasn't being real with fans. I wasn't being real with my friends. And so this whole thing of like, fake it till you make it. When fans would come see us, they'd see us on stage in front of the stage lights. That's what the show's about. I want to talk about what life was really like. There were there were people that we toured with that I felt a connection with, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, time passed. I, I left the band, had a kid, had, you know, got real job. And I was always kind of like, if I reach out to those guys, it's been so long. It's been so long. But there are those few people that you made a real connection with. That on the road, on tour, you became boys. And not only that, like, it doesn't matter if you haven't talked in three fucking years. You reach out to them. It's like, dude, I hope you're doing great. It was a big deal for me because when I started this show, I told my wife, I'm kind of nervous to reach out to people to say, hey, will you be on my show? Because it's been a long time. I focused on my life and my daughter and my family yeah. and my marriage so hard that I've kind of lost contact with a lot of people. Yeah. But dude, I'll be honest. I reached out to people that I haven't spoken to in years. I was like, hey, man, I'm starting a show. What life was like in the music industry and what life is like now. There's no set date. There's no nothing. I'm not endorsed yet. I'm not anything. It was just me with an idea. And I reached out to people I haven't spoken to in years. I just need to know if you're in. Everybody was like, fucking A, man. I love the idea. Let's talk about what life is really like behind the stage lights. Our fans that come to shows, these people that support us, they only see one side of us. Let's show them the other side. Let's show them what it's really like. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about life now. I am in. You let me know the time, the date. If we need to do over Skype, let's do it. But, uh, you know, and, and I felt really humbled because I got a uh, guest. I don't want to ruin. I'm not going to say names. No, but... but I got some good guests coming, you know, including you. And I'm so happy, dude, that you agreed to come to my show. We were going to start a podcast like three years ago. And then it just didn't happen. Just kind of fell apart. Because it was fell in the apart. middle of us all having kids. Yeah, like kids getting, getting married, jobs. your house getting on fire. Yeah. <laughs> you that know? first meeting was in a house that caught fire 
I had an actual recording studio. Yeah, we you literally had in. some good yeah. shit. And so this yeah. is me putting things together. Just like, okay, I'm going to do this. It's perfect, though, man. I'm glad you're doing it. I like man. it, man. I'll, well, I'm glad you like it, dude. I, I don't know. I'm just... anytime. I definitely want to be here for the Jordan episode. Dude, we're going... Like, yeah, I need you, sure. Mateo, Bobby, and Jordan in the same room with me. That's a full just being us. worth of material. Good God. I think that's going to be a four-hour episode. For sure. You're right, man. Well, we're going to wrap this up, dude. Thank you for coming out, man. You're going to come back multiple times. I'm going to make sure for you're sure. here. I'll be here. And, uh, dude, I love you, man. Love you, too. Thanks dude, for having this, me out. This is a good time. We're going to end it. We're going to end it right here. So the first thing I'd like to say here is our daughter was not in the studio the whole time of the episode. <laughs> no. She just came in at the very end. Um, she didn't hear all of the fucks. <laughs> no, she... So she barged in the studio, and it was, you know, it was cute. We were like, hey, what's up? And But it was it was a bit loud. It was a bit clippy. So I, I cut all that part out because it's a little boring. And maybe it was... I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I should have left it. But I probably would have thought it was super cute. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you created that. So uh, well, what ended up happening is I left her when she was patting my tummy to get my attention because it was perfect timing. Like I was talking to Alex about how much life has changed and how different is how different it is now. And while while talking about how different my life is, I got my own offspring data, <laughs> messing with you. Data, data. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so I give her a rough time. Go on, get to give her the <laughs> give her the Texas go ahead. Go on, get. Well, Susie, what do you what did you think? What did you think of that? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Like I like I said previously, um, I really feel like you can you can feel your guys' friendship and it was just a lot of fun. I felt like I was just hanging out with y'all, just listening to you guys' bullshit <laughs> and some ridiculous stories. I've heard a few of those, but some of them I haven't, especially like the Jordan Jimmy Johns thing. That's so crazy. <laughs> like, I can just imagine Jordan swiping cards and them not registering and just being like, all right, have a good day. <laughs> Fuck it. He doesn't want to ask for help, man. He's, he's, a, he's his own man. He can... <laughs> with it he's got it covered but jordan and sam like those guys were just entertaining to be around you know like i mean alex said it best like we could the stories we could tell about those two uh and i can't wait i want what i want to do is get i want to get an episode where it's me jordan sam bobby alex mateo and just get us in a room together and just go for it just (laughs) Yeah. You know, have that some drinks. That would be a lot of fun. It would also be super long. <laughs> it would, but it would well, be have great. To, yeah, I mean, I have to edit the shit. I don't know. Maybe I can make it like <laughs> no, a even two if, or three part series. Yeah, even if you edit it down, it's well, still going to be super long. Because you guys talk just about, get uh, at it. We, we talk about Gout Fest. Now, yes. Gout Fest is this thing that we do. We try to do it once a year. We pick a city. We all put in for an Airbnb and just party for, you know, two or three days just party eat terrible food like we used to uh by terrible i mean terrible for us we actually you know we love grilling steaks and stuff yeah. shit ton of meat on the grill get the you grill love going, a, beers. you love a good sausage i do love a good sausage <laughs> i am a sausage connoisseur so we try to do this once a year and you know not everybody can make it every single year uh, but when we started it mateo when we were in europe mateo got gout <laughs> yep I remember hearing about this. At that point in time, I was like, who the fuck gets gout? Like, (laughs) 
kings from the 16th century got gout. And Mateo. And Mateo now. And we, He's a modern king. We were in Europe, and, you know, in Europe, our writer, they give us food, but it was we did quite a few shows in Austria and Germany, and so we would get, like, hunks of sausage, and Mateo would eat and then pack some away for later, and he would eat on the bus later. Yeah, he was being smart. So within a week or two, he's like, yo, my foot fucking hurts. <laughs> and before you know it, we're having to load in the merch for him because he was really fucked up. Turns out he comes back to the States. He has gout. <laughs> and so like a year later, around his birthday, he was like, yo, he sent us all texts. He's like, I want, let's go to South Padre for my birthday. Fucking gout fest. <laughs> and so the name stuck. Since then. Since then. So every year we call it Gout Fest. Like we all get together, as many of us that can. Alex's wedding was Gout Wedding. Gout Wedding. Uh, We've had three or four Gout Fests Um, so far. You know, Shane's been out. A couple of our other friends like Marshall. uh, Jordan came out to the wedding. We still haven't got Sam. You know, Sam was, I think he was in Tennessee not too long ago. But... We, we need to get him out here. Yeah, and well, I, well, and I talked to him the other night. He's like, I want... He heard the yeah. clip of Alex and I talking about that story when yeah. him and Jordan were at the movie theater. And he goes, mate, I fucking loved it. I want to come out. And I was like, yeah. well, come... I want you to come on the show, dude. I want you to come on the show. He's like, yeah, but I want to do it proper. I don't want to do a radio call. Like, mm-hmm. I want to fly out and just oh, get ripped cool. with you. Like, I want to... Yeah. Let's just do this. You guys were talking about movies that were always played... Uh, at the softcore house and one of the ones that you guys couldn't think of was totally oh, awesome that's that right was that was the movie one. i couldn't think of tracy morgan and a couple other people it wasn't a huge movie as a matter of fact, i think it was a vh1 movie yeah tracy morgan makes that fucking movie like just look up tracy morgan totally awesome movie just look up clips on youtube it kind of has a cult following just because of tracy morgan like he makes that movie chris Catan plays like the supposed to be sexy stranger <laughs> dancer like uh patrick uh or not patrick i almost said patrick stewart patrick swayze <laughs> like patrick stewart. <laughs> like patrick stewart did it uh, <laughs> oh there is a game imagine every patrick uh, patrick uh i almost said patrick stewart again patrick swayze movie and <laughs> replace it with patrick, patrick stewart. stewart every movie you can think <laughs> roadhouse patrick stewart <laughs> that'd be fucking killer dude look at fucking uh Jean-Luc Picard Captain Picard just kicking ass and taking names at the local roadhouse man uh it was so fun to catch up with them and I'm looking forward to the rest of this I have about 26 confirmed guests now one another one this morning I don't want to ruin I mean I don't want to I don't want to name drop again again I have some I have some great guests come in a lot of friends that I've met on the road uh a lot of bands that I know the listeners love and listen to and I even got a couple actors coming on. Anyways, I don't want to spoil it, but we're gonna have an awesome show. I'm ho- I'm. This is. I, I can't guarantee we're gonna do a weekly thing. I'm shooting for bi-weekly, but let's be honest. I work you know long hours if I need to, and then I have you on my ass. That's right. <laughs> my daughter That's my is my job. Daddy, daddy, I want to tell you something, and then can tell. She has my gift of gab. She she can tell a three second story, and make it last for fifteen minutes. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's the first episode in the book, Suzanne. Yay, you did it. Yay, I did it. That's fucking right, I did it. Be sure to follow the official Always Sunny Podcast Facebook page. And on Instagram, at Always Sunny Vega. Oh, and don't forget to email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions for me, 
or for my wife or any of the guests that we may have, do it. Send them in. I will try to read as many as I can on air, but I'm excited to hear from y'all. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Stay tuned for a clip of an upcoming episode of Always Sunny. that other thing that we can't help saying uh when somebody says it's been and i automatically think of that um it's been it's been bare naked ladies is that yeah, yeah. I, I think of that story you tell me of yes. Susie saying that at work and people just, <laughs> i probably think of that story more than i, I should have <laughs> like, she was uh, she's <laughs> she's got a fucking like good like you know she's a professional woman you know you know what she is i mean she, you know she's about a fucking pay raise away from wearing shoulder pads in her <laughs> pants suits and she she went she was at work one day and somebody was like it's been and she could not it was so second nature she was like it's been <laughs> and the lady like she's you know grandmother and kind of just looked at Susie, like, really confused. And my wife was like, tried to play it off like she had a frog in her throat. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, been. <laughs> and I do it all the time. As soon as somebody says it's been, I, I have to say it. It's yes, been. Oh, my God.